Hello, I'm Sister Lisa, and I'm coming to you today from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we are continuing on page 154 in the book on prayer by Brother Ken Gurley. And we're reading, What God Favors, He Sets Ablaze. It is a safe assumption that early sacrifices were set ablaze by God, as with Elijah's sacrifice at Carmel. Heaven indicates its pleasure and acceptance by sending fire to the altar. 1 Kings 18. Abel's sacrifice was accepted over that of his brothers, most probably by fire falling from heaven. What God favors, he sets ablaze. When King David made a sacrifice at Ornan's threshing floor, the plague that had already killed 70,000 people stopped. More to this point, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, indicating God's acceptance. 1 Chronicles 21 26. After Solomon concludes his prayer of dedication at the temple, the fire fell from heaven. It consumed the sacrifice, and the smoke of God's presence filled the house. 2 Chronicles 7 and 3. What God favors, he sets ablaze. This is not confined to the Old Testament. When the church was born in Acts 2, wind and fire filled the upper room. This indicates the unique character of our sacrifices today. We are living sacrifices, and the fire that touches us is spiritual. Outside of these illustrations of God setting things on fire, we notice that there are many additional references to being set on fire. Three times, Job referred to a lit candlestick as indicated God's favor. Job 18 and 6, 21 and 17, 29, 2 and 3. Page 155, David said in Psalms 18, 28, For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God shall enlighten my darkness. In describing a virtuous woman, Solomon said her candle does not go out by night. Oh, that's me last night. I was awake most of the night. I was awake most. I probably got four hours of sleep total last night. But anyway, I want to be like the virtuous woman. I want to be like her, but that's, I wasn't even thinking of that when I was awake. <clears throat> Proverbs thirty-one eighteen of the false church in Revelation, the Lord promised the light of a candle will no longer be seen. Revelation 18, 21 through 23. Heaven is a place where no additional light is needed because the Lamb of God will illuminate the city. Revelation 21, 23. I read that today, my today's reading. The one who was the light before creation will remain the light for all eternity. In one of our Lord's post-resurrection appearances, he walked with two people on the road to Emmaus. Neither recognized him, yet later they prescribed a phenomenon they experienced on that journey. Their hearts burned within them. Luke twenty four thirty two. All who believe will be blessed with burning hearts, the fires of God's presence within us. That's how it should be. The ancient Greeks believe people are moved or persuaded by three forces. Ethos, what is credible, logos, what makes sense, and pathos, what touches their hearts. We tend to emphasize the first two, what is credible and rational. We overlook the pathos, what reaches into the core of our being and moves us deeply. This passionate element of spirituality has gone missing in many circles. We need the fire back. I've learned about that a lot in my life, about passion. Follow your passion. Go with your passion or dream or, or you know, your vision. Go with that, that fire. What moves you? Follow your heart. I've heard that. 
Billy Sunday was an evangelist many years ago. Before conversion, he had been a boxer, and he never lost that pugnacious stance. He did not know how to do anything halfway. He was passionate. It was all or nothing. Okay, turn the page, 156. Someone once asked him of the secret of his many successes in the evangelistic field. His response was interesting. I set myself on fire, said Sunday, and people come to see me burn. Our God is a consuming fire. It's not through our intellect, charisma, gifts, or abilities that we can make a difference in our world. It is through his spirit that moves as a fire in our beings and throughout the world. You know, this morning, as I told you, I just told you that I had been reading in Revelation. And lately, as I'm reading through my Bible chart and um, happened to be in Revelation this week, um, you know, a lot of it I don't understand. I'm not going to pretend that I understand all of the Bible. Because even last week or the week before when I was reading some of the Old Testament prophecies, I, I, was, I even told my husband, I said, I was crying. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I don't understand what I'm reading. I don't understand. How can I teach other people? Because God put in my heart to do devotionals, you know, and this podcast and things. But it's so hard for me to know how to teach other people when I myself don't understand it. And I, I wrote on my notepad here, it says, am I teachable? Am I teachable? God... Am I, can I sit still and let the Lord teach me? Or can I learn from others what I do not understand? Because we learned from um, Brother Harpo. Uh, he just said on a recent uh, live streaming, he said that when we learn something, we're supposed to teach others. We're supposed to reteach what we learn. And so um, I was thinking about this. It's like, well, I teach music lessons all the time. I, I don't know everything there is to know about music. I'm always learning new things. There's different ways to chord. There's different ways to play the piano. There's different techniques, different styles. There's classical. There's gospel. There's all kinds of things. Do I know it all? No, but yet I can still teach. I can teach what I know. And that helped me to know that. Just writing this on a piece of paper, am I teachable? Yes, because I'm always really to learn something new. I'm always wanting to learn a new instrument or a new technique. And the same with the Bible. God can teach me. And then I can turn around and teach others what he wants me to teach. Because otherwise, we're just overwhelmed. There's no way we can know it all at once. But yet we all can help sharpen others. Iron sharpens iron. Plus praying and have an open heart. And I believe that that's my passion. That's my passion. That's my moving force. God is a consuming fire. And it's like, shut, it's like fire shut up in our bones. We have to be like Jeremiah. we got to tell others. we got to keep pointing people to the cross. That's what Edwin Elder Library podcast is all about. We're going to keep on pointing people to the cross. Okay, we'll keep on reading on this. It's through his spirit as he moves as a fire in our beings and throughout the world. Later in this book, Brother Gurley says, I will share with you some of the great revivals born in prayer and carried on by the fires of the spirit. Let me mention one man here, Frank Bartleman. He chronicled the move of the spirit in the early 19th century on Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California. Bartleman's pastor on the East Coast, Russell H. Conwell, authored the classic Acres of Diamonds. He saw Bartleman's passion and offered him a formal education. Bartleman declined. He chose the streets and slums for his pulpit. His rationale was the gospel was a fire in my bones that roared all the day. That fire carried Bartleman to and through many religious movements, Baptist holiness movement, burning bush, pillar of fire, etc. He finally landed at the prayer meetings that resolved in the Azusa Street Revival. In Los Angeles, Bartleman saw what he longed to see. Thousands are here from many parts of the world, sent of God for Pentecost. 
These will scatter the fire to the ends of the earth. Missionary zeal is at white heat. The gifts of the Spirit are being given. Admittedly, we are in the days of restoration. The last days. Wonderful days. Glorious days. But awful days for the withstanders. They are days of privilege, responsibility, and peril. Frank Bartleman. Page 157. Paul told the Romans to, re- to maintain the spiritual glow. He began that chapter with this bold statement in Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Yes, our calling is to be the living sacrifice, the one set on fire. It gets that personal. Okay, we'll conclude with that today and tomorrow. God willing, we'll pick up the rest of 157. The Book on Prayer by Brother Ken Gurley. It's a great book. Bye-bye.